Hello, and welcome to episode 115 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have a review of Friday. Friday is the new digitally released comic from Panel Syndicate. The creative team is Ed Brubaker, Marcos Martin, and Munsta Vincente. This is your spoiler alert for the first chapter of Friday. You can get a digital copy of Friday from the panelsyndicate.com with the name your price options so if you haven't read the comic and you don't want to be spoiled please pause the podcast and come back after you've read it this is matt and i'm joined by constructing comics co-host noah hey there noah um as we normally do why don't you lead us off with some initial thoughts and then we'll do uh we'll do a deep dive into story and art on this uh this this comic friday i really like it because i grew up reading books like encyclopedia brown and hardy boys and others of those you know teen sleuth dramas and this is a very cool way of updating that in a very brubaker style where he looks at the uh implications of being a teen sleuth and there's always that sidekick you know that that just sort of goes along with everything whether Mm -hmm. you know it's uh you know, I can't remember who Encyclopedia Brown's sidekicks were, or you know, uh, th- or you know, or, or or Nancy Drew's sidekicks, but sort of the people that are kind of dealing with this sort of uh, prodigy, you know, and wanting to have a real human interaction with them, but all they can think about are solving mysteries or analyzing things. It, it was a cool. Uh, I'm in for the ride here. I, I really like this sort of. Uh, I guess. Um, breakdown or uh analysis of of these sort of uh, these archetypes from the books i grew up with um what were your thoughts yeah i liked it uh i liked it a lot as well um and i think it did that great sort of ya thing where it it made it it made it scary or just on the edge of being scary enough without uh you know delving into you know gross out uh horror or you know body horror or anything like that so i think it it did a really great job like if i if i was a young well there's a there's a few i think there's a few curse words throughout the book but yeah besides that like if i was a if i was a kid reading this like i would feel like and i, I think this is like a thing that like a lot of ya um you know books or or comics try to do you try to um you know you try to challenge the kids just a little bit but not not too much and i think that this does that uh really well yeah it's definitely a book for uh like you know young adults to adults because it is sort of coming off of that elementary level reading Mm -hmm. that you get with encyclopedia brown and hardy boys and then yeah like this is the next like logical step like the in that in those sort of uh in the in the uh in the uh i guess in the sort of tradition of those stories it's sort of like yeah these kids going off to college after high school or junior high or whatever it is yeah um, doesn't uh doesn't brubaker refer to it as like post ya and the, the yeah the, the write-up at the end so it's sort of like uh you know maybe you're you're you, you would be a kid in high school and you'd sort of be fantasizing about you know what it's going to be like when you finally get to you know strike out on your own and, and go away to school um so I guess maybe, you know, that would be like a really good target audience for that. But also anybody who's a little bit older who reads it sort of can identify or sort of almost reminisce like, hey, I was I was that kid who came home from my, you know, my first year away at school uh, around Christmas break and had to, to go back into town and, and see things differently. So I think there's a little bit of, you know, for the 
somebody who hasn't experienced and for somebody who has experienced it. Yeah, it definitely has all that going for it. It's a very relatable story. And um, yeah, I'm just liking where it goes. I also like how uh, it's interesting how Brubaker sort of is writing for the trade in this series as well. It's sort of one of the things that you can either love or hate, but it definitely, he's definitely not bound by the typical, like, you know, we have to have 20 pages and it has to end on a, on a cliffhanger so that you buy the next issue. It's more of like, this is definitely uh, a, a small part of a larger story. And this is just a small section of it rather than like a self-contained story unto itself. Like you would get in a normal week by week issue. Yeah. I mean, uh, you and I have both listened to that uh, off panel uh, interview that he did. Yeah. And he, he mentioned that he could do things where, you know, if the chapter needed 30 pages, it could be 30 pages, but if it only needed 16 pages, it, it only had to be 16 pages. Like this sort of format is allowing him to just sort of, you know, take the story where it will to the length that it needs to be. Um, and, you know, it's, it's being delivered digitally Um and it will be, I assume one day will be collected as a, a you know, a, a large volume when, when the story is completed. Yeah, that was what he said on the interview as well, that this will be available as like a, as a trade paperback or hardcover through image after it's all done on its um, panel syndicate run. And um, I'll, I'll read it then too. I'll be really interested to read this as it comes out, but then also, you know, when it's in a book format too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with this first issue, it seems like we, we have three, three main characters that we deal with. Um, we have Friday, we have Lance, and we have the, the sheriff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Friday's giving us a little bit of sort of uh, an overview as she's, as she's coming back. But then, um, then we, uh, it's sort of nonlinear storytelling because we, we yeah. you know, from that sort of, opening montage where we get a little bit of background from Friday we're dumped into to the middle point of the story where they're where they're in the woods so why don't you why don't you talk about that a little bit yeah it's definitely it starts you off in media res which really captures your attention and it also sets the tone for the book as well mm -hmm. uh and I like that where it's sort of you know if it had started with her maybe in college first and then coming home we wouldn't have gotten this tension right off the bat that's mm -hmm. sort of communicated so well through the dialogue and the narration and also through the artwork. You know, there's this illumination. Uh, I love how Marcos Martin sort of illuminates Lance mm -hmm. and even the sheriff is more illuminated as well than Friday is and Friday's sort of disillusioned, which means she's less illuminated by Lance who's sort of glowing. Mm -hmm. um, I really like that sort of communication and again, setting up the tension and this, uh, you know, this, this triad, this, this trinity of characters that uh, will all sort of be on the spectrum of how they look at Lance. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was a cool way to introduce the characters and then also just to keep the pace going. It starts at a breakneck pace and it, and it just keeps, it, it just follows that pace throughout the whole issue. Yeah, and that was page six that you were referencing where they sort of do the illumination and the three characters and then the, the close-up on the three characters and they're still in the, the same position. And if you actually look at the, the two characters in the background, Friday and the Sheriff, they're sort of looking at Lance, but they're both sort of, you know, giving him sort of that like, you know, we're not sure if we completely are with you here right now. So um, yeah. that's, that's a pretty good page right there. Yeah. 
And uh, I also love, uh, I've been rereading Brubaker's um, uh, Captain America run as well. Mm-hmm. And I love how even from when he was doing that stuff, he would always have these nice panels where it would just be nothing, like no dialogue or anything like that. It would just be these silent moments to sort of break the pace of things to make you slow down. And there's that right off the bat when she sees someone moving through the woods, when Friday sees someone moving through the woods on page seven. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Um, again, it breaks the pace, makes you slow down. Because, like, again, this book starts off really fast. And um, it's nice to have these moments of, like, you know, stopping and uh, sort of going back, maybe. Because you can do that with a comic. You can always, like, you know, look back and be like, okay, did I miss something or something like that? And then keep going from there. So that was cool, I thought. Yeah, when sort of on these two pages, which are seven and eight, when Friday or Lance are sort of having like a, a an interaction between them, the the backgrounds drop out, um, and it's like you said, those you know, it's those are the moments that we're sort of slowing down to sort of get you know more of the tension, or or you know, we're like, all right, we're gonna slow down, look at the you know what they're how they're looking at each other and sort of their, their facial expressions. So with the environments dropping down sort of like fast, slow, fast, slow um, on these two pages, seven and eight. Yeah. And it makes sure that you are always aware of all that's going on. So there's the main objective, which is finding this person in the woods, but then there's this other objective, which is trying to figure out why uh, Lance and Friday have this huge rift between them, which will, they just, they haven't really revealed what happened yet. Yeah, but, uh, that's going to be something revealed over time. Yeah. So then from there we have uh, the 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 double. Uh, well, I guess what would be considered the double page spread here, yeah. uh, where we get three panels, which is still on that like light blue, uh, yellow present. You know, going through the woods, and then you know the three quarters of this this the splash is sort of done in a different art style to show us that we're, we're going back into the lore of, uh, is it King Hill? Is that the name of the town? Um, I can't remember. Let me look at it. I think, um, I think it is. Yeah. King. Um, but, uh, yeah. so we, we, you know, we have three panels in our current time frame. Um, you know, and then, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, um, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, three quarters of this splash, we, we, we go into some of the, the history or the, 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 the folklore of the town. So we, we see that here there's, this town might have more that to meets the eye than, than the surface level here. Yeah. And that's something that they're playing with these sort of occult, uh, ancient Native American uh, lore that's going on. There's this sort of supernatural element to it. I like how, it's, you know, it goes from typical panel borders, which are either horizontal or vertical with, you know, white bars or something like that to this, where you have the three insets, but even that is overlapped by this tree that divides up the two, the, the splash. Mm-hmm. And then there are no typical panel borders of like, you know, bars or anything like that. It flows very naturally. It creates these panels within panels where it uses the tree branches to create that nice frame around the owl. And then that those trees use uh, with the with the rock form a panel around the people offering the sacri- the, the child sacrifice. Yeah. Um, I love how this sort of free flows again to sort of drop you out of the reality, the current reality, into another reality. That's a very creative way. I also like the tension 
and the uh, the sort of creepy vibe that you get from this tree where it looks like all the knots on it look like eyeballs watching. Yeah, so I like it, it gives a life to the forest. Yeah, I didn't notice that on on the first read, um, but on the on the second like glance through, I I saw the I saw the uh, the the eyeballs in the tree. But uh, uh, no, I like how you pointed out that like the 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 tree is, is is used as panel borders, or or you know rock formations are used as as panel borders. Um, you know, we've talked about in the past where sometimes something that looks like a like a, a splash page or a double page splash is actually sort of if designed really well as sort of invisible panels within yeah. in, within that and that's what you, that's what you have here i also kind of like i just something that just sort of dawned on me about that is that we can talk about this in the, on the page breakdown as well but this tree is almost like a a storyteller unto itself with how it's sort of the guiding principle throughout the page and sort of giving it eyes sort of gives the forest more of a characterization. So it'll probably be a big player, a big location as the mystery unveils itself. So that was a cool way of communicating that. Like, this is important. This is what to remember. Yeah, we can move on from there. Yeah, but actually now that I'm looking at it, um, and maybe this is something that we can talk about when we do the the page, you know, more in-depth page breakdown, even though we've, we've talked about this a lot. But if you sort of look at the knots that are the eyeballs, they sort of are looking at the panels around oh yeah none of them are looking directly at us they're all guiding you around that's cool yeah sort of like you know the 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 third panel which is lance a close-up of lance's face and the sheriff's face that that nod is almost looking at that panel so that's just something i i saw here while you were you were bringing that up so another one looking up at the people climbing the hill at the bottom that's cool yeah yeah all right, so there we we have another pretty interesting page um, as they talk about Crescent Rock and the the town a little bit more. Um, but I'll, I'll let you I'll let you start off on this page. Yeah, I love how abstract this is. This is a really cool image. I also wanted to highlight the color change here. I love mm-hmm. how they sort of switch to a more um, like uh, looks like it's printed on newsprint, like you know the the there's a lot of texture and a lot of fade and then it also looks like the paper's all bent and crisp and everything mm-hmm. that was a cool choice i thought to again switch the mode of storytelling to give it some age and yeah. to give it also a pulpiness feel to it like you know again it gives it age but it also sort of again keeps with the sort of pulpy tone of the mysteries here yeah, it fits with that sort of hardy boys encyclopedia brown uh in that sort of in that world yeah and this one is a very almost a very clear, you know, top to bottom sort of yeah. center uh, image. You know, we have that sort of purplish uh, uh, structure at the top of the hill, which is, I assume, like another rock formation. Then in the center of the rock, there's, you know, a symbol. Um, you know, this this looks like this fiery open pit. And then fire from there and then that goes down to what looks like like a campfire that's 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 burning so that that's a that's a pretty great you know move from from top to bottom there yeah uh wrath of god or some kind of thing you know like from raiders yeah so the 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 right side of that panel is the search sort of continuing there's still sort of that uh tension and there's something that happened between Friday and Lance that they haven't addressed yet, which carries through this whole, this whole book. 
I like the descent into darkness that this sort of has, that the light sort of fades from each panel more and more. Um, but I also like the choice here to have this be one angle uh, of the, these two, the two, the second and third panels that it's, it's one, it's from one angle of Lance and then from behind it's Friday, but they're two panels to, again, to show disconnect between mm -hmm. the two people. That was a cool, good choice. Really cool choice. Yeah. And that, uh, uh, the, if you look at those bottom three that are on the right hand side, like Lance is walking out of the panel. Yeah. The next one down, the sheriff is walking out of the panel and Friday is sort of hesitant the whole time. And on the third and final one, she, she exits the panel, right. Um, again, sort of that trick of leading us to the bottom corner of that, uh, that, uh, that page. And it reinforces her isolation. Yeah. So, uh, as we said, uh, the, 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 this is part of the nonlinear storytelling. Um, we actually go back to the beginning of Friday's train trip. Um, they talk about sort of the, some of the communications they had uh, over the phone. Um, they do a great thing where we can see that Friday has sort of got her friends at college and she's sort of, um, you know, becoming her own person and, and yeah. slowly, moving away from from her friend Lance at home uh, she gets back uh, she's walking down the street um, and then uh, after that the the sheriff and, and Lance are there to uh, to have her help out on a case um, and they they head off on in the cop car um, I'll let you come in here with your thoughts about this right here yeah again great use of dropping out the backgrounds again for you know you, you, when you're an artist, you don't want to be drawing the same background over and over and over again, obviously, but also again, just to show where the character is in relation to, to highlight where the character is in relation to the other characters. It's really great to drop the background out and to sort of show where uh, Friday is in making her decision to go with the sheriff and, uh, and Lance when they drop the background out of the angle of the, uh, the third panel on page uh, 15. Mm -hmm. I really like that choice. But I also like on page uh, on page um, 16, there's uh, on panel uh, one, two, three, four, five, on panel six, where it's again another panel within a panel of her looking through the door opening. Mm -hmm. That was a, it's a cool choice to sort of highlight a highlight uh, within a highlighted panel. Yeah. So they're, they're in the, they're in the squad car. They're, they're, they're on their way out. Um, they see, they see the car. Um, they're looking for, uh, is it like Wadsworth, Wellington or something? Weasel. It's, it's the rich, it's the, the, whatever the, he's like a rich kid, whatever. Yeah. Right? yeah. And he, he's a, like sort of a criminal that's been able to get away with anything because he's the son of some rich person in the town. Yeah. And, uh, so uh, they, they, they see the car, they start following tracks, uh, and then they, they find, they find, I think his name is Weasel. Weasel, Weasel yeah. Weasel Wadsworth. So they find him carving yeah. into the tree, um, and uh, they, they, they want to let him, like, finish his carving, just, to, I guess, to see what he's going to carve. Yeah. Um, I like the one thing from the on page uh, 16 to page uh, 
17 is I love how there's a sort of like stair steps off the page, like, mm -hmm. you know, like where the panel gets smaller. Um, and it's just the snow falling and then it transitions again. It's sort of the bridge between the two time periods. That was a cool, that's a cool use of a transition right there on a page turn. Yeah, I, I like that as well. Um, so we, we kind of see here that, like we said, they, they find them carving into the tree. Uh, we see that uh, Friday's got a special skill at sort of throwing, uh, throwing snowballs or ice rocks. Uh, those would be pretty, uh, I, I remember being a kid and, and, and throwing snowballs and you know, you'd always have the one kid that would pack it really well, but thankfully none of the kids, I, I had snowball fights actually put rocks inside of them. These, these, these could be pretty deadly. I had, I had jerkwad cousins that would pack um, ice in there. Yeah. Like they'd have like chunks of ice and they would do that. And yeah, just dick move. Yeah. So from there, um, the weasel realizes that, that they're there. Um, and I guess we should establish that he stole the dagger. Yeah. The museum. That's why they're going after him is because that's, he stole this dagger. True. It's related I, to the lore of, uh, of the area, like, cause it's related to like the child sacrifices and things. Yeah. Good point. I forgot to bring that up. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Friday, uh, Friday hits him with, with the snowball, but then, uh, then, uh, okay. Oh no. He, they, I guess maybe they think he's out. But he's not exactly out because he he attacks Friday. Yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah, he's like he he looks deranged, and um, they do they think he's on drugs or something like that, or or something. Yeah, they um, mentioned that he sells pills, so it yeah. wouldn't be too too much of a stretch to think that he maybe is getting high on his own supply. Yeah, but um, there's something he's muttering like these weird. Uh, sort of like uh, incantations of some sort as he's uh as he attacks her and he's as he's carving into the trees yeah um, yeah he takes off and friday uses her snowball skills again to sort of knock him out um so i guess uh from there they got they put him in the back of the squad car with friday uh he's creepily still mumbling uh, and then uh, they take him to, to the hospital. Is there anything you want to cover in the, the pages where they finally put Weasel in the, in, the, in the squad car? Well, I love how, like, she doesn't get any cred for knocking him out. Um, you know, no, like, good job. Thanks for doing that or anything like that. They're still so uh, – Lance is still so obsessed with the mystery and then also that they just don't care enough about her that they put her in the back seat. Yeah, the guy that just attacked her, and again, that's like that's that's purposeful because it's just to show how Lance is. Uh, the the sheriff's clearly enamored by Lance, and Lance is just so obsessed with himself that he doesn't really notice Friday or what situations he's putting her in. He just wants her there, and uh, that's that's a great that's a great character choice and uh, illustration, I guess. Yeah. So uh, the the. Weasel gives a uh, creepy message to, to Friday um, about the, uh, the white lady. Yeah. Um, they, take, they, they take Weasel to the hospital, um, and uh, the sheriff and Lance 
they they have some more some more business to attend to. So they they take off, um, leaving Friday with her suitcase um, outside the hospital. Um, this is pages. What is this? Pages twenty five and twenty six. Uh, what did you think about this right here? Again, illustrating that Lance really he's either distancing himself purposely from from Friday or he just has no idea of what he's doing or how he's looking like you know how he treats her mm-hmm. to the fact that you know they drag her as soon as she gets off the train into this new mystery and then when she's like no I don't really want to go back out into the woods and gather clues they're like oh okay find your own way home you know that kind of thing like it's it's uh it's entertaining uh mm-hmm. just to see how uh yeah like Lance is just disconnected from reality so uh, Friday makes a call home, uh, is waiting for her ride. Um, I guess she's sort of reflecting on uh, some of the things that uh, Weasel said to her. Um, she, she enjoys a cigarette, um, you know, something that a, a kid that went away to school, you know, trying to be independent would, uh, you know, start, start doing uh, maybe to show that she's a little bit more uh, are trying to show herself or other people that she's a little bit more mature than, than Lance. She's, she's struck out on her own. Uh, But then we end with uh, end of chapter one, uh, page 28 and the owl is, is looking down at, at, uh, at, I almost called her Wednesday, Friday. Um, Yeah. The owl from the, the lore section of the book. So it's showing that there's something more to the, uh, the legends than what we're, you know, that it's just being a legend. It's also a very, uh, Brubaker thing to have a character sitting and lighting a cigarette and then just, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I got a lot. Well, uh, David Lynch, you know, yeah. uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoking and a lot of owls, uh, in, in, and stuff like that in Twin Peaks. So, uh, it, it certainly gave me a, a Twin Peaks uh, vibe here. So that's, that's how we end. Um, there's, a, there's a really cool two-page write-up um, where, where Brubaker tells about how this opportunity came to him. Um, but uh, there was a couple of, I know we did a pretty decent uh, breakdown of some of the pages, but I think there was a couple we wanted to look at a little bit more in depth. Yes, I agree. And I'll pull those up right now. Yep, and we'll start off with the uh, with the the lore page, and I don't know, but, but if there's much to say on this uh, that we didn't say already uh, to break it down, but it's uh, yeah, it's just a cool page. I, I guess the one thing I like about this is how uh, Marcos Martin's very smooth with his inks, mm-hmm. and the other pages. But I love how like cross hatched everything is here, and there's a lot of uh, there's not a lot of solid blacks. There's a lot of lines. It almost looks like a woodcut yeah um illustration here um i really like that choice to distinguish again between the two storylines yeah i i i i agree with you there it was uh uh without ha- well i mean i know that like we we get the typeface that that's different but like without having to do sort of the 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 story narration you know many years ago we we just sort of uh you know as folks who've read comic books before we saw, we kind of knew oh we're, we're here we are we're we're we're, we're, we're flashing back to something the, the art style the art change uh you know the type change um uh just really showed that but i mean 
I I have to admit that like the first time I looked at this page, I didn't see the eyeballs in the tree. Um, yeah. So that's that's one of those things that you might miss if you sort of go really quickly. But on on re uh, uh, you know reread, it's uh, it's it's something something that you see. Yeah, I really like that, and I love books where you can sort of come back and reappreciate the artwork from it. Um, yeah, this is a cool page, and apparently, I think on the on the um, on the interview on off panel that this was sort of all Marcos's idea for a splash page right here. Yeah, um, that he just sort of came to Brubaker and was like, "I think this would this is what would fit in this area." And uh, Brubaker's really good at working with his artists, so he was you know totally totally go for it. I think that was a good choice. Yeah, I I. I... I like this page on initial read, but I, I really like it now as, uh, you know, taking the time to sort of dissect it and, and break it down. Um, so that was, uh, what was that? Was that page six of the book? I think so. Yeah. It reads really well inside the story, but also you could really appreciate it just as its own artwork and storytelling as a good example of good storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. On its own. Yep. And then here's this other page we talked briefly about, about the sort of the after at Crescent Rock, when the the children are sacrificed and the um, the gods would hear their cries and then like you know take the bodies up and grant the people you know peace or whatever it is, um, very cool, uh, very creepy, atmospheric. Uh, it's almost sort of like this. This feels almost like a cave painting. Mm -hmm. Almost, I, I really like that. Again, we touched on it. It sort of feels like again a, a sort of a screen printed. Uh, not screen printed, but like old comics, like that's sort of how it feels colored. Um, but also it, it, it sort of evokes old like cave imagery that you would find in um, sort of like, you know, ancient America. Yeah. So, and this is, this is page seven. I, I like this one as well. I mean, we, we talked about this one on the, on the story breakdown. Um, but again, this is, this, uh, for me, this is again, another uh, thing that makes me think of, of Twin Peaks. It's the, yeah. the, 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 you know, the town has more mystery to it. The town has all of these weird, uh, you know, locations, secret locations, you know, mystical locations. So I, I, I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah, me too. It was a great, it's a very cool page. And again, I like, uh, we talked about a little bit how these, these panels on the side here, starting with this wide horizontal page panel, and then these two uh, sort of equally sized panels, um, and then um, back to back, but again, showing the disconnect, and then these three, you know, in consecutive order, showing more and more of how distant she is from Lance's life. And then uh, this one, which we talked about a little bit again, um, that sort of goes from that, uh, I guess it would be ascending panels from the previous page into these descending panels. And uh, this is one you chose. See, you chose all of these, but this is one I, I don't think I would have chose, but you, you chose. And um, what was the reason behind it? Um, I, th so this is page 17. Um, I, I, I think, I think what I really liked about this was, uh, you know, we had had sort of the, 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 the flashbacks of weird stuff going on, but this was like the very first time we saw something weird going on in, in the present timeline where we, we finally catch up with, with Weasel. Um, and, you know, it was, uh, you know, 
two or I, the, the the top third of this page is really dark you know actually the, the the third panel goes silhouette when you know they they decide to turn their flashlights off because they don't want weasel to know that that they're they're getting close uh the middle the middle uh panel there the fourth panel is them sort of peering down um you know we're looking at them so it's a, a reaction shot of of their faces um and uh you know we we sort of pause there because it's a it's a it's a the it's a lengthy wide panel um and we sort of get that moment where friday is saying yeah what's he doing um, so we know something weird is coming up, and then and then as we go to the bottom two thirds of the page, we get sort of the weirdness. Um, the 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 colors here have been really great, you know, all the illumination out in the in the woods and the snow. But I really like the way the it looks like. You, oh, so the the flashlight is sort of off to Weasel's. Uh, right as we look down at him at the same point of view that the three would have had but i just really like the way uh the tree was illuminated the 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 shadows you know go up and and away from him as the flashlight would have done so i i just really i just really like this page as well yeah and well, yeah, while you were talking about it i was just sort of really appreciating the whole composition based on what you were saying i really like how centered this page is and how symmetrical it is Mm-hmm. And how these top three panels all seem to be sort of arching like down, you know, whether yeah. it's these two descending panels or it's the hill on this one, it's sort of all drawing you into Lance in the center here and, um, you know, well composed where you look at everyone, but then it draws you down into this tree and it branches off. I also, but I also like how this bright spot where the lamp is, uh, where uh, where Weasel's lamp is illuminating him and everything, uh, that sort of balances out the word balloons up here. Like there's a white space on this side and there's a white space on down here as well. So there's this balance throughout the whole page and it, it leads you off really well. I would say it almost sort of falls into that category of the like 25-75 rule, wouldn't you mm-hmm. say, that we've yeah. talked about before? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, where it's, you know, you're drawn to the, you know, you're drawn to the one spot that's not dark. And it's also sort of what you've talked about before, where you design a page all around the most important panel. And uh, you can always tell what the most important panel is. And it's it's the bottom one here, based on how the whole page is composed. So you really get that impact um, of the story beat right here. Yeah, and uh, I, we, we, we've talked a little bit about the coloring here, but I, uh, the, 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 the yellows and the blues at, at night, it feels like it's one of those nights where, where it's like it's cold enough to snow, mm-hmm. but it's not so cold that like everybody's like uncomfortable. Like, um, you know, it's, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of wind. It just, you know, it's, it's cool and crisp, but everybody is, uh, I mean, well, Weasel's a little off his rocker. He's not, he doesn't have a jacket on, but they, you know, it just seems, it seems cool and crisp. It doesn't seem like, you know, overwhelmingly cold with, with the colors. Yeah. And that was something I wanted to bring up too, because I definitely get this very uh, real feeling 
of the environment from the colors and the artwork. It mm -hmm. really puts me in places like, you know, it brings back memories of walking through the woods during the winter time. Um, especially like, cause I, I grew up in the Midwest area where you do get snow mm -hmm. and you know, it gets very cold at night. And um, I have taken like, you know, night walks through the woods when it's this sort of, you know, when the snow is falling like this. And like you said, you, you described it perfectly where it's, it's cold, but not too cold. Um, and this, yeah, this just sort of takes me to places that, you know, it, it evokes a real emotional reaction, you know, and or, or like, you know, it evokes memories. Um, it's very cool. It's very effective. The whole book is in that way. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's the, the, the last and third page we wanted to go in depth. I know we went in yeah. depth on, on the story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's, let's, let's wrap it up with some, some, some final thoughts. Um, I'll let, I'll let you lead us off with, with your final thoughts. I'm really excited to read the next issue, which I don't know when it's supposed to be out. Uh, I was, I think they said you, we should get like a notification if you bought stuff on panel syndicate. Um, but do you know when the next issue is supposed to be out? No, I don't. I, I, do remember them saying that like uh if you if you downloaded the first e if you downloaded the first issue they they now have like your email so they'll they'll notify you with the second one okay um yeah i uh i like it um i really enjoy the uh the name your your price option yeah um sure. uh and i think timely two things you know the i guess we could talk a little bit about how the, this was released um, when no new comics were coming out um, and you know it wasn't really it's not really vital to to go to your comic book store and buy buy new comics so this was this was a welcome addition for for people and it was very easy to get um, you know very easy to pay for depending on your your, your you know your current current circumstances so it'd be awesome if they they have a good head start and they can sort of get the issues out um, while we're all sort of at home clamoring for, for new things to, to read. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I think Ed Brubaker in the off panel interview made a good point about how you, you, in a lot of cases with Comixology and Marvel and, you know, all the other sort of digital comic sites, you pay the same price for a digital book as you would get for a, a physical book. Mm -hmm. And, um, I kind of agree with him that never made sense, even though I bought from both of them. I've never been like, no, I won't do it. But like, I, I've been the place where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll buy it. Um, but it, it makes sense to have a pay as you will. And to also just sort of, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, we had uh, Chris on here from my local comic book shop a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, not everybody's able to afford to buy comics and things like that. And the people who normally do because they're out of work, you know, this is a great, alternative to them to to get something new mm -hmm. and to, to really meet people where they're at this is a this is a it's something that's been around for a while and brian k bond has done stuff with panel syndicate but it's cool to see it happening now again uh during this time it's it's very timely and it's a it's very fortunate for everyone involved yeah yeah i uh i i will have to to be diligent about uh when they come out uh getting them because i i've uh, you know, I am, I am the typical Wednesday warrior going in, yeah. into the shop every week. So, um, it, it'll have to be something that I'll have to be mindful of, but I definitely will also probably be the, 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 one of the individuals who, who wants to read it 
um, and have a, a print copy of it on my on my shelf to take down and look at. Same here. So, yeah, so. I'll definitely buy it as it comes out digitally and then rebuy it again when it comes out in hardcover because it's a it's a great book and I love Ed Brubaker. I love Marcos Martin. It's uh it's a great pairing and it's a great series so far. Yeah, and just one more thing. Like I, I thought what was was neat was uh, you know, I think a lot of times you know, there's been Brubaker and Phillips have been sort of the the team, um, you know, and we're going to get more Brubaker and Phillips, uh, but this was just nice to see something different that wasn't sort of set in that either, you know, that classic Hollywood pulp or sort of that, you know, dark twisted sort of thing that uh, Brubaker would take on. So uh, this was, this was, this was nice to see him stretch a different sort of writing muscle as well. Yeah, it was very cool to see. And it, it's, it was cool to hear on off panel, his love for this stuff. And that's sort of always where his stories come from is always for a deep love of the subject material. Mm -hmm. And you can always tell that he never takes a project that he doesn't have some emotional attachment to. And I really respect that. Yeah, Uh, I agree. Yeah. He's got great integrity with his writing. Well, cool. Um, Well, maybe um, depending on how things go, if there's not any new comics to, to review in the future, we might be able to review some, some more of these issues of, of Friday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'd be awesome. Okay. Well, I'd like to to thank everybody for for listening. If you could give us a rating and review on whatever podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter at ConstructComPod. Instagram is at ConstructingComicsPod. Facebook and YouTube is ConstructingComics. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening and we'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you and be safe.